the record button has been pressed, so it is time for... Going somewhere. Joel's finding the flow. Like, real philosophical sort of discussions. You know when people get high? <laughs> it's pure Joel. Don't count your fans before they hit. I think I'm open I mean, your I'm in my mind head. with I think I'm gonna hit. Finding the flow with Joel Franklin. Guess Sam Leopold. Sam Leopold in studio today. <laughs> Alright, bring the other. Um, so Sam is the uh, the person who owns Mermaid Studios. Um, and introduced me to the place. He's playing some. Uh, what, what do you call that? Steel. What, what's that guitar? Uh, this is a dobro. Dobro. Now, when I saw a dobro played last night, I saw it like specifically played a lot with the um, with the the bar, you know, or the slide. Slide, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Uh, is that typical for a dobro? Sure, it's uh, terribly. It's all typical for the dobro. The uh, slide, uh, which I just took off before we started, uh, I would have demonstrated, but um, now I'm just playing it like a regular guitar. I got the strings sitting right down on the nut, and mm -hmm. uh, if I was going to be playing it with a slide, I would uh, have the strings up. Yeah, that's what. Because so you can change that on the spot. No. I can't change it on the spot. On or the I mean, spot not on the spot. I mean, you changed you changed it, it in like five minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah five ten minutes. minutes. So yeah. what what do you have to put on there? I I put a piece of metal on here. I oh, got just this a piece in, of metal. in Australia. Okay. Uh, in a junk shop. Uh, I used to oh, cool. collect um, these old guitars. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I had this idea for old guitars that uh, I would buy these really junky guitars and strip all of the. Um, paint off them whatever you know uh -huh. usually they're catalog guitars they were sold in the old montgomery wards catalogs or the uh -huh. uh, sears catalogs so so they're generally you know so so yeah they're junk junk absolute yeah. junk you get them for 25 to 75 dollars yeah. the necks are bent so uh -huh. since the necks are bent they're they they're, they're bent up in a certain way that that if you put a slide on them uh well you know all you gotta do is play with a slide because the action's so high you can't hold the strings down with your fingers. So so it's poor action, but but you could make per something of it with a slide. Perfect. So it's just like a dobro. Yeah. In yeah. a sense. I yeah. Mean. That's like this 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 piece of junk over here. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. This is this is a perfect example of it actually. Yeah. Uh, except this one, the neck is bent in the wrong direction. But the uh, I had I had uh, this piece of metal might have been actually on that guitar when I got it. So what I wanted to do was make a whole uh, thing called prison guitars, and take these guitars to prisons and have the best tattoo artists in the prisons do uh, tattoo art on these guitars. Ah. And uh, so I my my yeah that that'd be cool it'd be like inlaying you know I mean like it, it, a similar idea right right art yeah and yeah. then and then I would go to some big city you know and and go to the art center and and get some uh, you know art dealer to put them up on the wall and it would be all prison art guitars and uh, so. Uh, but most of these ideas never make it out of my head. But I did have this guy who who ran ran a ferry boat uh, between these two places uh, out in the bush in Australia where we lived. There was a guy who ran a ferry boat uh -huh. right right outside our house, and he was covered with tattoos and had spent most of his life in prison. Yeah. And I bought him one of these fifty dollar guitars and took it to him, and he was talking a big game, and he was all excited yeah, yeah, about yeah, how yeah. he was going to tattoo art all over the guitar, yeah, yeah. and uh, and then. He just went overboard. It was so exciting. Yeah. You know, he just, I think he relapsed and, you know, because oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. the whole thing was too much. Fun, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Well, you still, you know, you got your little, little moment of that. But yeah, that would have been cool to pull off. It yeah. reminds me of, um, I was just listening to an interview with um, the, one of the main characters from, from, you probably would know him better than me, but it was like the M somethings, the M, uh, yeah, I, mm. I can't remember the name. Mm. M fives, M, mm. M something five. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, but they, they were. I, I'm sure that if you knew the MC five, Motor City five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. they were phenomenal. Yeah, that, yeah, that exactly. Was, they were a great entertainment. So who was the main guy? In I don't there? remember. I, but well, I just. But here, I do I, remember they used to do a show. It was an amazing interview. Show. See, a lot of times I hear these interviews yeah. and I don't even know who I'm listening to, but yeah. they're amazing. I mean, yeah, yeah. This guy, um, WTF's a podcast. That, I think that's, they were pretty raunchy. 
I, I think um, what I heard was they they got into like kind of the socialist sort of thing, oh. and and they like got got really you know rebellious during the sixties seventies oh, sort of you know, yeah, uh, um, yeah, and um, it was it was very interesting. I mean, he had a long history. Uh, I remember they were a great show band. They were a great show band. Is it no not Wayne Kramer? I don't know them. I don't know who they yeah. would have been individually. Now, let me just. Here's the principal for the music that set the stage for the co founder of the Sem seminal rock group, MC5. Wayne comes to the garage to talk about Mark, about the 60s, jazz, Iggy Pop, the White Panther Party, mm -hmm. White Panther, uh, yeah. uh, prison, drugs, and the whole lot more. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah, he had a lot of. Lot of Problems, but it was also. I mean, his life was phenomenal. Amazing I think to what, hear what, about. I, as I, as and, I recall, I think their 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 main thing. Uh, they had a. I think their show at the end of their show, the fronts of their pants dropped off. Oh. And uh, I never saw it, but I heard about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. They, they had a. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Well, either way, he he has some something thing he's doing with prisons now oh, he's he's yeah. uh has some oh then some, i take he, it back that wasn't them at all yeah. <laughs> he has <laughs> that was a he, different group he has a music um a thing a music program he's doing th with prisons that you uh -huh. know to get get music into prisons you know people okay. that that are, are that they have any art artistic inclination and everything right you know and, but but i mean he had a really bumpy past but it was just interesting to hear about that it reminded me of that yeah um i thought maybe maybe mc5 would i, I didn't even it, it's so funny I'll, I'll listen to this thing and i'll feel like i would get completely into it and you know a lot of people say like you watch a movie about uh something you completely don't know about but you could still get pulled in by the drama of it all you know right. and like i'd never seen mc5 but i just it was a great conversation yeah, I don't even remember uh, what songs were theirs, but I just I remember they were a great band. I, yeah, uh, we ought to as soon as we finish, we ought to look check out something. MC5, yeah. Um, yeah, so so it's it's interesting um, uh, getting getting into a little bit of the the music talk and everything. Um, but like I was saying before, you you this is um, the studio you put together. I mean, maybe we could talk a little bit about how you you planned it out a little bit. Like like first of all, this is uh, made out of a dog kennel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a pretty pretty nice dog kennel. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It was it oh, was a yeah. smelly, uh, very you know smelly thing that had been abandoned for I don't, who knows fifteen or twenty years. But generally big. Uh, well, it's ten. It's ten feet by thirty feet. Yeah. Yeah, ten feet by thirty feet. And the thing that that made me think that it would make a good studio is you see how the walls go out. Uh huh. See, so what you want in a studio, uh, in a in an acoustic space, is no square walls. You don't want walls that are just plain facing each other, because uh, w when you do that, you um, you just get the sound bouncing back and forth. And what you want to do is you want the sound to develop around the room with interesting, interesting features, you know. So I thought this would make a nice space. But uh, I think mainly my wife went out of town. And uh, I, uh, you know, these kinds of things, you know, um, I kind of have to do on my own. If I say it to anybody... Uh, they always, you know, you say stuff to people. They say, "Oh, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna take a dog kennel and turn yeah. it into it. So you can't do that." And uh, but I really, really wanted a studio badly, and I couldn't stand anybody telling me that so, I couldn't do so it. So what was the motive? Why did you want a studio so bad? Uh, because if you see the cottage across the way that we were uh, living in, there, uh -huh. there's no door. It, it's such a tiny place. There's no door. You know, we couldn't get away from each other, you know, if we, if we tried. Yeah. So uh, though it was just the two of us in there, it was a very tight space. And I knew I couldn't set up a studio in there. There was nothing I could do. So I, I had to... You know, so I called the landlady and I said, could I, you know, uh, convert the, the, the studio? And I guess I said it with such authority, she believed me that I could do it. <laughs> and I didn't actually know I could do it. That's good. Uh, so I mean, I'm, I'm impressed. I mean, this is a great looking place. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I, um, but I, 
the friends that listened to probably remember from way back, I, I talked about how I would play music out in the car. That was, that was one of my solutions to that problem. Yeah. And it works pretty good, you know? I mean, uh, it's a tight space. It, the car is pretty well, ins, you know, insulated. Oh, yeah, yeah. But but still, you know, it, it seems a little silly to be in there. But yeah. then again, I, I actually started recording this podcast in the car. You know? Oh, yeah. It was, that's it, got character. You know, and, and uh, yeah, I mean. You've just come to, a long way. Yeah, I'll come, tell I, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it is funny. I mean. But, uh, yeah, just to have that, that space. I mean, even if you're not looking to necessarily record, just to have a space to play music without having to worry about bothering anyone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. practicing, I mean, I, understandably, is a, is a lot of uh, annoying noise, you know? Yeah. I mean, performances yeah. are one thing, but practicing, you, you got to play it sometimes. Oh, yeah. Well, the worst thing was when I was, uh, now we're going to do it again, too. Uh, being on the Internet in, out here was not good. And uh, so, you know, now that, you know, uh, we've met each other and you're using the place and we want to get back on the Internet so we can upload some recording software and stuff like that. Uh, I don't, you know, it's such a distraction. The internet is such a distraction. And, And about a year and a half ago, I got the internet out of here and I came here, that's how I learned the banjo. I came here every morning at 5.30 and I had uh, had to be back at home at eight o'clock, you know, to get ready to go to work. I came here every morning at five thirty and practiced the banjo religiously. Mm-hmm. No internet. Yeah. Uh, before I had the internet, I get here at, when I had the internet. I got here at five thirty and checked my email. I said, "Oh, I'll just check my email," and I got no practicing done. You know, I spent until eight o'clock. And I went back, and there was no practicing gun. Yeah, now now we got all got devices that have the internet right on us. And I've I've had, I've you know I had that for a while. Right now I don't. I'm close to it. I mean, there's enough Wi-Fi all over this uh, yeah. campus now that it's close to it, but it's not not quite enough. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's like like a you know double-edged sword. You know you like it's addictive that connection, but then you know having it on you all the time, it's like then then you, you you can never get away but yet you can't leave the house without it you know like like it's bad. yeah it's, it's really bad, bad. How, how easily that happens it's I mean, bad yeah, yeah. when we were in japan we, we had um uh i was uh had one job in a school and um you know teaching uh, english you know it was just conversational english and and uh the kids didn't take it very seriously because they didn't have tests in it so they would come and the japanese children by that time they're 10 years ahead of us in terms of telephone technology they were already texting in 2001 yeah they know? have the fastest internet i remember my, my friend chris was protesting the fact that they they like the common japanese internet connection is like 10 times if not whatever 20 times faster than our connection it's ridiculous yeah how fast yeah so these kids uh they 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 actually um they distributed they got telephones going in japan by giving them away to school children ah. that's how they saturated the society with telephone technology they gave them away to school children yeah. and then they addicted all of their school children uh-huh. And and the school children they, and they couldn't couldn't then tell the kids that they couldn't use them in school. Uh-huh. So the kids would be in school, and then they'd have to go to after school programs, special what they call juku programs, to uh-huh. uh, to study to pass the tests to go on in school. And uh, you know I I think they uh, well we'll see what the future brings. I, I I haven't been back there. I don't know how they've. I, it's worked I've actually talked about it because Japan has um, come into the headlines with uh, the fact that they, their um, level of uh, sexuality, their 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 kind of um, what is it like average now? Yeah. Um, there are virgins in Japan up to the age of thirty. Like it's like an average now, like um, that they don't like like there's a come a desensitization and uh, uh, almost an asexualness that's starting to come across in Japan. And the way they make up for it is they have simulated, you know, relationship games or simulated, you know, whatever. Like, you you know what I'm talking about. There's simulated version of everything. And uh, if you ever think of which culture is like ahead of the wave on this in this sort of um, being plugged in, I guess you could say Japan is probably one of them. That's what made me kind of think of that. Uh, what well, I I and and also the yeah. fact they're not having kids. Now that be that 
you know, that's great. That'd be a great thing to get out into the world. Probably. Yeah, really it's, it's false, like a, it's like a, su- it's you, a, a, a test. It's yeah, a, yeah, it's a lab yeah. test. Like if you, it, yeah, yeah. If you too much on the on the telephone, they they call it the Ketai Denwa or that. Too much on the telephone, uh-huh. you lose your libido. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure it's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sure they and you know. Uh, but it's funny because you know what they're gonna do? They'll just give you a pill for it, you know, to get your libido back. But maybe, but, yeah. yeah, you know, that's pretty much the solution. You know, it's not it's not to correct the cause; it's to um, just just uh, fix it with a pill. You know, yeah, that you can sell. Yeah, that maybe you can that's sell. the whole idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So it's not like stop, you know, getting on cell phones. All of a sudden, you right. see it's an ad for for testosterone pills. Right. Um, but yeah, that's also true. Kind of too, like, like testosterone's being kind of thrown out a lot more. And I don't know if that's just a, a gimmick because, you know, a lot of people say that testosterone, it's like a, it's a baloney. It's BS. Like you don't need supplementals testosterone. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and when you, and it's like anything, if you get it, then all of a sudden you get off it and you, you have like that, you know, you become normal to have that high level of testosterone. So all of a sudden you like retreat into like a, whatever, like a low testosterone state when you don't get the pill. So oh it's my. like, you know, it's another one of those cases of, um, you know, where, where really, you know, it's, it's like, we're trying to give a pill to solve it, but it's really just get off your ass and stop being on the computer so long and start exercising a little bit and you'll see your testosterone come back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least get out, you know, move. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you know, ever, ever since uh, I've got away from the internet out here, you know, I, my wife can tell you, I've been chasing her around all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I, I, <laughs> I know what you mean. I mean, but but seriously, the headlines in Japan—it's like it's almost epidemic. Like their their level really? of because I mean, if you don't have sex, you don't have okay, kids. Okay, okay, no, right? Look, yeah, something you had to take into consideration with Japan is that if a few people do it, a lot of people do it. Yeah, you know, they they really are still you know as as individuality has hit Japan in a big way. But everything that hits Japan in a big way hits everybody in a big way. So if if um, if that if the trends happen there and they sweep over the country like a wave, yeah. You know, so any, so maybe this could be easy come easy go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, things really waves waves run through that society, you know, all the time. Yeah, that's very interesting. I I, I mean I, I think isn't isn't that generally an uh, Oriental or Asian. Um, sort of uh thing where there's this this very high sense of uniformity like that's why yeah, group like, consciousness group consciousness yeah. that's kind of why like um like communism and the way it works in china like it it kind of still works in yes. some way because of their their sense of yes common self yes and in the language like yeah. for example in the japanese language uh it the japanese language is so kind of uh, complex because it's got this emotional element to it or the Japanese have an emotional element to themselves and they bring it into the language, I don't know. But it's it's in the language. When a Japanese person is communicating with another Japanese person, they're looking very closely at the the weight of their words and, and how, how their words are, are, are perceived is very important to them. I've seen very, very intelligent people taking a whole day to write a simple letter to somebody, you know, just, just to weighing what side what you know what's going to be the perfect way to say something they uh you know the humor in japan is all based on word games you know everything is based on the on the language so um the uh they live inside each other and the language is a language that they've developed a language that enables them to to you know, really perceive each other's hearts all the time. They're really looking very close. So, to so each it's other. like um, you know, like uh, Eskimos have a million words for snow, and they got a million words for emotions, um, right? or, or your heart, how you, how you feel. Yeah, they're very, they're very, fe- they're very feeling oriented, and at the same time. You know, uh, look. You know, somebody's going to come back and say, "What are you talking about?" You know, Japanese <laughs> aren't like that. In my opinion, they're well. Of course, we know that the symbol of Japan is the moon, right? Uh, and and although the ri- the sun is is the uh, um, the flag, the flag. But they're really people of the moon. If you ask, they're they're watery. They're uh, they're emotional. Uh, they're not fiery like the sun they're people of the moon they're people of the night they or the twilight between the you know 
between times. Now, I don't I don't know much about Japan's history, but they also had a very warlike history. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. like a lot of tribalism, and and then eventually, you know, World War Two. You know, they got swept up in that. Yeah. You know, big yeah. time. Yeah. Enough to like do what they did to China, but I mean, like like uh. thinking about that. You know, Japan had that in them too. Yeah, you know what I mean? sure did. It's a, it, to me now, it's it's so uh, confusing. I really don't understand the Japanese. That's the main thing about me. We lived there for three years. Yeah. And uh, I walked away more confused than the day I arrived. I, I, <laughs> that I must have been I something. I love them dearly. I mean, I really, they are just wonderful, wonderful people, but really, really confusing. Uh-huh. And... Um, my wife understands them, you know, better than I do. But you know, her understanding is is reflected toward me as shut up. Uh-huh. You know, you're gonna, you know, you're, you, don't you, know, know you don't know what you're talking about, and you're gonna make, you're gonna hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah. So just keep your mouth shut. Uh-huh. I tell you, for the three years we were there, my my legs were black and blue. I mean, uh-huh. under the table, my wife is kicking uh-huh. me all the time. So I guess you know, the the key is sensitivity in Japan, and I'm, you know, I guess I wasn't really. As sensitive it, it, now, as sensitivity, I, I mean, this is something that I, I'm sure, like, sensitivity kind of connects, connects to consciousness, right? I mean, because you can't be sensitive <laughs> yeah. unless you're conscious, right? right? And so so being conscious is like, like, that's that's a big thing that I've had a hard time, because, like, I almost feel like, you know, like, I learned the golden rule, and I felt like I could stick with that, you know, but it really, it's, uh, golden rule is kind of mis- misplayed because really what people want is you to be conscious of them you know what i mean of what they care about yeah you know and and so like especially dealing with with um you know like challenges of all the time like 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 including being a husband you know Uh and everything you got to kind of figure out that you know like i can't go by just the rule of like do unto others as i would like done unto me because that that obviously doesn't you know, because not everyone wants done what I want done to me. You know what I mean? I mean, that's mm-hmm. actually not uh, hardly anybody wants done to themselves unless you go down to the basic things. And so mm-hmm. really, my wife wants to be conscious of the things that she's conscious of, you know, so that mm-hmm. I can be conscious and be thoughtful ahead of when she before she has to tell me about mm-hmm. it. And that, that's that's tough, you know, and mm-hmm. um, cause, well, that's that's love. That yeah. that's the definition of of uh, of love. Yeah. Is uh, well, one of the, the the definitions of love, especially in relationships, is that we um, that we do just that. What your wife is asking for, we yeah. know that we we uh, think of the other person and and, and uh, what their needs are and how we can make them happy and and all that. It's it's a, a hard uh, hard thing to do, and I think women in general are much better at it. Much <laughs> much much better at it isn't it funny like how we're working at you know i mean you you spent eight years as a co-worker uh-huh. um uh, at at the the fellowship mm-hmm. and um and and so like how many you know women make it to that age but how many men just drop like flies uh, at the fellowship well, for any real older population. Oh, oh, and working with the elderly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well um, it's it's probably three to one, right? Maybe four to one. Yeah, men die younger. Die younger, and, but mm. I mean, there's got to be. I I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of um, physical point to it, but I think it's a different. I think it's it's. I think there's things that keep you going at that time of life. It's all about your attitude. Well, no matter what age you die, um, you know, what you'll see, uh, what I saw uh, working with the elderly for eight years, is I saw people that I would want to be like. Uh-huh. It's plain and simple. I saw people that I would want to be like, and I saw people that I wouldn't want to be like. But I also saw people in circumstances that uh, had physical realities to them that if I am like that. Why? Well, there's nothing I can do about it. There's one gentleman there. You know, we, we wouldn't ever use any names, but there's one gentleman yeah. there who, uh, to me, who was a teacher of mine. You know, he, he matter of fact, I was working with him tonight. Yeah. Oh and, yeah. And, yeah. And 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 he's uh, got Alzheimer's, and he. Um, uh, you know, he was he was actually he was a football player with Bucknell when I was a kid. I probably saw him. As quarterback at Bucknell, the early television yeah. uh, football was top ten football, and and uh, I think it was Bucknell or Colgate or you know one of those schools, um, Rice, one of those. It was a top ten school, 
and uh, he was a quarterback. I must have seen him. But anyway, he taught me uh, about economics. He trained me in care. He um, he taught me all kinds yeah, of things. And, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and uh, like, um, what was it, what was I going to say? Yeah. And so so I was having a conversation with friends, mm-hmm. uh, other coworkers, and they, and the conversation led to because of the unique nature of this place is that. Now think about who who are the people that we're going to have to take care of like that, that are, you know, on, on the list of things. If we think we're going to be here for another 10 years, right. all right, this person, we're probably going to have to take care of this yeah. person. Yeah. You know, we, we're thinking of like, there, yeah. there's probably four or five that are really close, really like, yeah, I mean, maybe, <laughs> you know, I, I hope that uh, you, you would last a little longer than 10 years, but who knows? <laughs> who you knows? never know. Who knows? Uh, but um, yeah, exactly. And the unique situation, but it's also, it's a beautiful thing, you know, I mean, like to think that it's almost like, um, you know, a parachute, you know, like the golden parachute they thought, but like it's some sort of parachute, like a heavenly parachute, you know, where uh-huh. you just very able to be guided in the, the hands of the community once you just can't pick yourself up, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, that is the, uh, that's the idea behind this particular intentional community. It's, it has to do with people in the middle age caring for the children caring for the land and caring for the elderly and then as they age the people who have come up from uh you know who have come up the the younger people take uh take care of them and that's basically the way families used to work up until not too long ago you know basically i guess it started to change heavily with the industrial revolution but that wasn't that too that long ago you know that's that's the thing that i found very um appealing about the Amish when we lived amongst them a lot that um the one thing that you know because a lot of the rules kind of get silly you know uh but it's actually very similar it's an intentional community Mm -hmm. you know because what they did was they said no to the grid Mm -hmm. you know they thought of the grid back then as connectedness like the the electricity went to you were connected to the world and that was where they cut off their their um things because it's almost like nothing should be higher than our community and so their community is you know the elders in their community are the most respected people there and you don't even think of the president or anybody as Mm -hmm. being any any more important than anything else it's all just a la-di-da like not i'm not involved in it my day to day, but you know, of course there's a little irony because they use the roads, they use the blah, 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 but you know, they, you know, they pay their taxes, they do everything, but still all in all what they're trying to do, no matter what the little minute details, cause they're different in every community is mm-hmm. just the fact that they preserved that community. They mm-hmm. don't connect to the grid. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. don't connect. Well, to the, the world. they're, they're religious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, uh, Anabaptists, part yeah. of that movement, yeah. Yeah. which so, stemmed out of like the Re- Reformation. Right. So, so if you're part of a hierarchical, um, you know, that's a kind of a hierarchical thing. A little bit. And yeah. That, that means, you know, to, to, it kind of, does it does it mean that well, God is at the top. Yeah. And uh, so it really, really doesn't matter. Uh, n- nobody's getting. You know, no society, no matter what their technology brings them, is is getting closer to God by virtue of their technology. You know, uh, and therefore, you know, we can we can maintain our in a hierarchical connections, uh, which are most important to us to God by not allowing an interference of a technological community that lives around us. And the the temptation of the technological community or the technological connection is that you feel like a unified world. You know, more and more the world feels more unified. And that's the, the, the temptation because, you know, as things get bigger and bigger, nations become, you know, continents become worlds, become, you know, whatever. It's like, it's just it's got such a grandiosity, you know, it's like sometimes getting so much into that. It's so appealing to look at the stars because mm-hmm. that's just all of a sudden, Oh wait, I'm nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And the more and more bigger you feel like you could be, the more closer to the heavens you feel like, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like this dualism we have that we, we need so much our, our, our day to day community. And yet we also have this uncontrollable urge to, go for the stars right yeah. oh yeah 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 right. we want to we want to know everything to sail we want to be eternally happy and we want to live forever 
Mm-hmm. You know, and everything is either once is another is one side or another of each of those say less three coins. The, you know, the one coin we want to know everything. The other side of that coin is absolute ignorance. You know, another coin is we want to be eternally happy. Well, the other side of that coin is we're absolutely miserable. <laughs> and the other, you know, coin would be uh, we want to live forever. And, you know, we're so, you know, totally consumed with questions of mortality all the mm-hmm. time, totally afraid of death, you know, mm-hmm. you know, motivated by our fear of death from the minute we wake up in the morning to when we go to sleep at night. So, yeah. uh, so and that's from a desire to live forever is that we should spend our life being afraid of death. You know, so, so it's, it's, it's quite a trick. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, um, I, that's been brought up a lot in this podcast is the dualism. Dualism exists everywhere. And I, that's, it's kind of interesting that being brought up, but like it, it's everywhere. And, um, it's almost like, you know, it's kind of funny how it came. Um, I think they remember that there being something about when they did the equation that, that they figured out that there was like the theory of dark matter, like the fact that, you know, you go to the right side of leisure, but actually you go to the left side of leisure too. You know, there's even in math, if you cross cross the zero, that's your cross of the two sides, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, like math and it's and it's logical way is even is still got that dualism in every sort of direction. You know, yeah. if any direction you go, you can go the exact equal and opposite direction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just think I think that's it's it's uh. I don't know that it's 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 a little bit of a, a possible like look into the truth I think like just mm-hmm. the fact to know just be conscious that there's always the equal and opposite you know mm-hmm. yeah and with everything yeah 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 mm-hmm. so you you got your dope uh dobro right yeah um let play it play a little bit that's uh, being picked up nice I'm not sure. I'll keep my hand on the board. So, um, you know, we, we were thinking about playing something on the spot. And you're already getting going. By the way, if you missed the name, this is Sam Leopold. Sam Leopold. Everybody said, welcome stranger, come on in and sit yourself down. I'm in this whole world over, there's plenty of world to go around, plenty of world to go around, plenty of world to go around. In times of pain and trouble, you could find your bed with only sky above you and rocks beneath your head. Though you're all unsettled, it's all been seen before. In times the soul was fettered, in times we went to war. In times of transmigrations, in times to choose upside. Times of, times of genocide when you're upside down and backwards in a tailspin of a fall. You can read to right to left to left to right, but you got to read the writing on the wall. You can read it right to left to left to right, but you got to read the writing on the wall. Thank you. 
city. Everybody moving off of the farm. Everybody moving out of the city. Everybody moving off of the farm. Ain't no chickens in the barnyard. And there ain't no cows in the corn. Ain't no roots in the wood cellar. And you got no roots to hold you down. You got no roots to hold you down. You got no roots to hold you down. Just jump right into that one. Huh? <laughs> that was good. That was excellent. So wh- yeah. wh- who was that? Uh, that was the song I wrote. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sweet. It was in a key that I don't usually sing in, but yeah, it was, it was like, what in the key of uh, it uh, was in the E minor, but uh, it was it wasn't quite. It was at a F sharp and a C sharp. So yeah. So it'd be um, then it would D. D. Yeah. Well, no. Um, F sharp, C sharp is D, unless it had some other. Ones. Yeah, but in the key of D, but it would be. Down. Uh, wow, why am I? B minor. It was B minor. B minor. Yeah. It's a nice key. Yeah. Um, I usually do it a uh, whole step lower than that. Yeah. Uh, but a- I thought a- it had a, a lot of the themes that we were talking about in it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't able to pay attention to much of the words. What, 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 what inspired you? What's that? Uh, let's see. Um, well. Um, let's see uh, it's kind of a, a song it was uh, I think after um, maybe after 9-11 or something like that but ever, even ever since I was a kid I always had this feeling you know because when, when I was raised in our mama's in our mother's milk we had uh, the, the possibility the plausibility of nuclear annihilation came to us in our mother's milk because you know we were right at the end you know we were born right after the bomb you're, you're like uh you know you're like a uh what, what was i going to say a, um not a stereotype what was a, a, a classic baby boomer right yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. What, what, what was it what's 1948 yeah but what's yeah, so the, the what's the word for what i'm looking for baby that boomer. Doesn't, it doesn't matter but, but you're a baby boomer yeah i am a baby you boomer. are uh, uh the definition of baby boomer. yeah i'm a i am really i'm at the i'm at the older a little bit of the older not the oldest, but you know that would have started in 1946, and I'm 1948. Yeah, that 46 yeah. is the year right my after dad the war. Was 45 was was the war, so right after you know 45, 46. So, um, so uh, we had this, you know, this in the 50s with the Cold War and all this. You know, the bomb was going to drop, so or could drop at any time. So I always had this feeling, and ever since then, I've always had this feeling. That at any moment everything could, you know, be gone all around me, and if I lived, I would just be kind of walking, and and that would be it. And I would just, if I was alive, I would be walking. If I knew other people, we would be walking together, and uh, we would just basically be walking. So it's, 
it's uh, the chorus of the song is in times of pain and trouble you can you might you could find your bed with only uh, sky above you and rocks beneath your head and though you're all unsettled it's all been seen before in times the soul was fettered now I'm trying to make myself feel better in times the soul was fettered in times we went to war in times of transmigrations and times to choose up sides and times of prideful nations and times of genocide when you're upside down and backwards in a tailspin of a fall. You could read it right to left or left to right. That's from the Bible. But you got to read read the writing on the wall. You know, I mean, it could, it could come at you from one side of the world to the other side of the world, but the writing on the wall is, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's, you know, is to not be obsessed with annihilation, but to be, you know, present to the world. Yeah, see, I, I kind of, I actually was kind of bringing up the subject I, I if I get if I'm getting you, uh, like this is how I kind of see it is that like, um, it's kind of one of I mean it's not exactly a carpe diem but it's kind of similar. It's this kind of attitude that you you never know what's gonna get you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you gotta kind of embrace it and then forget about it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like um and so so I think. You know, my, my friend replied that, like, you know, I'm not one of those doom and gloom guys. You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, um, uh, in response, and I, I, just, I thought, I'm, that's not really what I'm going for. I'm just going for, like, a state of mind, like a state of mind that's kind of beyond death and beyond the end of everything, and also a state of mind that's beyond the sort of, um, you know, Kool-Aid fed to us, or whatever you want to call it, that, that we are completely safe you know that we're Mm -hmm. in this like beautiful little you know i mean really we're in this artificial sense of of safeness but then again it is what creates a peaceful nation but you can't you can't be naive to the fact that there's always a hard life out there you know the world is not like for certain you know, I mean, even even to the extent of even saying there could be a meteor that hits us, but not even that, you know, anything could happen. Not even to just me getting a car accident today, you know, but also the whole world has some ways oh, that yeah. it could just go kaboom. Yeah. You, or, 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 you know, uh, another perspective, there's some kid walking down the street in Brooklyn tonight or Queens or, or you know, any any number of places yeah, the, in New the Delhi, dark, whatever. Him. And and uh, and you know there's some cop stalking him who's gonna uh, you know probably uh, you know find a little bit of dope on him or something like that and this kid's gonna wind up in jail for the rest of his life you know in and out of the prison system yeah. and they, I mean, they they were talking a lot about that with the MC5 you yeah. know that the prison system you know you don't see anybody with any money you know it's so hard to imprisonate someone with money but the poor people you know you imprisonate them for the for the smallest thing. It, well, yeah, that's for right. anything. That's I right. mean, they're the only people but being. If they are us, if they are us, you know, I mean, we're 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 talking about, you know, uh, uh, well, the bomb could drop on us at any yeah. minute. Well, the bomb is going to drop on um, that kid that in five kid. minutes from now. Yeah, that's going to be the bomb. I mean, that scenario, and, or even just the fact that you know, there's some kid in Brooklyn that's going to get shot tonight. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's so. What, I, mean, I don't know the statistics, but I'm sure it's pretty often. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So. What the hell? I mean, it. You know, this is kind of a revelation for me right this moment. Right at this mm-hmm. moment, you know, it's kind of a revelation for me. You know, like revelation, kind of a funny word for it too. Yeah, it revelation is, kind it? of feels like the yeah, you know, yeah. like a rebirth. Or... Yes, yes. Well, if only I could maintain the thought, uh, uh, you know, while was, we turn yeah, this machine going. off. But the uh, the the um, just what, you know what we've been talking about. You know, you you got these these macro um, you know uh, horrors uh, you know in our heads all the time. You know, thinking of this you know dystopian war world after the bomb drops, and you know we have these moments to survive and all that. But in much of the world, right this moment. People are in that very situation. People are in that very situation. I oh, mean, yeah. the horrors that is taking with, place with, all over the within world. Within us, I mean, I mean, like I could say, you know, if someone's in the ghetto, that might there might be odds of certain things happening more than others. But generally, we're all in the same boat. But then again, like you're saying, there's some people that are in a really critical boat, like you are 
you could be gone to the, tomorrow or t- today. I yeah. mean, there's some, some, I mean, I mean, like you're saying, I'm sure it's, and it's a significant amount of just unstable areas and people in situations that are just out of control. I oh. mean, it, not, I mean, within our society and within out and, and in some societies, most of the society. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I mean, in a way, you know, you kind of want to get in touch with, uh, with the blessing that is this moment for you and I, you know, uh, here we are in this lovely little studio, you know, smiling, smiling at each other and, 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 uh, and talking. uh, And at the same time, and is in my belief system, you know, is it's, it's, um, you know, more and more feeling like I'm a part of the whole world uh, so I I'm, I always have to turn off the uh, horror that I'm feeling that a part of me right now is being you know tortured or a part of me is being you know uh, uh, drowned or a parting part of me is these has a disease and is lying on a cot in a you know in a thatch under a thatch roof someplace with no medicine or my child is is you know uh, you know dying at my feet or you know these all of these horrors going on i i have we one has to like continually put these out of out of your mind and we do and how do we do that we do that by you know by occupying ourselves with lovely little things you know uh, and and things yeah stuff yeah we uh, we occupy yeah we go buy a pair of shoes yeah. you know or or um, or stuff like that the, the it's, stuff cycle it's know? the stuff yeah and we we could be uh, but at the same time you know we can't be there are philosophies that that do. Uh, many there are philosophies that one uh, can learn and and techniques that one can learn in these philosophies and sometimes these philosophies uh, look a lot like religions that help uh, that help one uh, you know put reconcile all that stuff you know mm-hmm. there's an aspect of Eastern like Vedanta philosophy yeah, aspects of Buddhism like the overwhelming feeling that like how could I ever feel not guilty right right how could I ever feel not guilty for where I am, what I'm doing right now, right? right. Because there's always something terrible happening. Right. I mean, it also kind of makes me think of the 24-7 news, you know, which oh, is constantly putting on a billboard. This yeah. is what's terrible happening right now. This is happening yeah, yeah. over there in the other yeah, side yeah. of the world, you know, and yeah. there's a million, you yeah. know, there, there's, a, what, 7 billion, 8 billion people to choose yeah. from. Yeah. Right? So, 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 I wa- so it's at a certain level, I want to continually punish myself. By um, by listening to twenty four seven yeah, news, yeah. it's like like it maybe it feeds the animal of like wanting to feel that like little guilt. Yeah, yeah. Especially you know? if you're a melancholic person, you uh-huh. know. And I'm I'm a somewhat melancholic person, yeah. you know. So that's kind of my temperament. Yeah. Uh, but the um, uh, you know, then we have uh, so much this idea, especially in the West, Buddhism is catching on so strong, you know. And and the sound that is coming with Buddhism, uh, somewhat unfortunate, uh, can be somewhat unfortunate if taken in the wrong way, is um, you know, you know, the. the that that um, there's something much much grander at work, something much bigger at work. Join you know that that which is is larger and and um, uh, you know meditate. Be here now. Uh, you know this. You know be here now. Oftentimes, be here now just turns into ignore everything else. You know and 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 Buddhism isn't saying that, but we're often just motivated we're often so motivated by turning off the pain you know by by uh, turning away from things so we look for philosophies that enable us to turn away from the pain and uh there are plenty of them to choose from christianity certainly offers a lot of of uh solace and uh, judaism offers a lot of solace hinduism buddhism they all offer tremendous amount of solace 
maybe, maybe matter of fact, that's what they're all about is, is, is solace, you know, <laughs> comfort from in the storm. And, um, but, uh, well, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I totally, I mean, it, you know, whether it be a religion or not, we're, we are in, it's either distraction or it's some sort of philosophy that keeps us away from the dark darkness, you know? Uh, but yet like, here, here's what I'm tr- trying to find, but like, like you're trying, I almost feel like you're like, well, but we should have some of that darkness. And so it's like, you know, yeah. How do you do it? How do you figure it out? Because, you know, we want to spend all our time. I mean, it's like, we can't avoid the darkness anyways. It's like, there's so much darkness that, that like we would be consumed with it, with it if we didn't have those things, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But, but sometimes those things can be so successful that we can stay in them all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, like, um, you were saying when people get older, it's like almost like, like the facade fades away. Those iron curtains of, of who you are outside and who you are inside, you know, Mm -hmm. are faded away. And some people, maybe genuine people, who knows, like, like there's no difference. They, they, they become an old, they, uh, uh, a, uh, uh, you know, what, what the dimension person. And they, they all of a sudden, turn the same basically the same kind of kind sweet person that they used to be and there's some people that get dementia and all of a sudden they're like this whoa who's this person oh yeah you know yeah, yeah. Or, um like either either in like a bad way sometimes a silly way some people yeah. like get a little like uh frisky you know yes some people get nasty some people yes. get a very very self-involved like uh like little like yeah. like very egocentric like go back to a place like that mm-hmm. in general in general, um, if you know people for a long time, my experiences in general, if I've known people for a long time, and they they uh, come and they have dementia, nothing nothing in their behavior actually surprises me. I will see. But does an their aspect. behavior change? Something a lot. It, 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 the behavior, of course, changes tremendously, but there's nothing in it that is a, is a complete surprise. Nothing is a complete surprise. There's a, there's a great story in I think it's one of C.S. Lewis's books. Uh, I think it's a Great Divorce, where um, uh, one of the characters uh, set it up. They're they're in purgatory. Um, they're on their way, moving up towards heaven from coming out of purgatory. And this fellow is being guided around in this beautiful little place that's in the foothills of heaven. And there's all these characters going around. And the, gui- the guide is, is uh, you know, giving commentary on all these characters. And one of the characters is uh, a woman who is really nasty. And uh, she's just... just really nasty and cursing everybody out and, and all this. And, uh, the, so the, the, um, you know, main character, the protagonist says to the person who's guiding him, geez, what, what happened to her? And the, the, the guide, uh, an angel, uh, says, well, it started as a snit. <laughs> what does a snit mean? A snit, a little, the tiniest little annoyance. It started as a snit. And, you know, when, when, when you read that, you get this sense that, yeah, you know, I, I once had this personally. I had the Aunt Doris, you know. Uh, Aunt Doris was, was really hell. I mean, to take care of, to do anything with, you know, after my parents had died and all this, I got stuck with Aunt Doris. I had to take care of her. Your, her your in, Aunt My Doris. Aunt Doris. I put her in a home down in, uh, in Philadelphia, and, and it was terrible, and I had to get her and bring her up to Brooklyn, and she was so angry at me. And, uh, and she cursed me. I would go visit her and she would curse me and, and all this stuff. And yet when I looked at her, I mean, from the stories I'd heard about Doris since I was a little kid to all the way up through her, you know, uh, her middle age and everything I knew about her, I, I didn't know her that well. We moved to Chicago. She lived in Philadelphia. But, but, you know, everything I knew about her, it all made sense that Doris turned into this 
horrible, horrible, mean old lady, you know, who would strike out at anybody who came near her. You know, uh, and, and they had to put her almost nearly in a cell in this home where, where she was. And it's funny with that sort of thing, because, like, you knew her. And then now she's probably, what, she probably ended up in some home where she had to be taken care of by a lot of people, right? Yeah. And yeah. so your aunt, now that kind of private lady that you knew as that, you know, now yeah. in this public space is like that lady. Yeah. That nasty lady. Yeah, that, that's right. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. and, and they're not that many you know there's usually one out of five or two that's right like i I was saying like at at, um i don't want to get too specific but at every table there was at least one crab yeah yeah and everyone else yeah that's right it's like they're spread out yeah yeah yeah. and and uh and the people who are really really sweet these sweet old ladies you know they you know you, you, you wouldn't necessarily say well they've been sweet all their life but if you knew them all their life you wouldn't be surprised by there's nothing there's no change that happens to a person that is surprising you know even well alzheimer's is devastating because uh you know eventually the person loses all capacities so as they transgress or however you know i, I don't i don't know actually what the what the mechanics of it are but as they kind of go you know, you, you kind of no, see it. As, it's true. It's kind of like going backwards. Going like they, backwards. They, they, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I, that's a, kind of a good way to put it. Like you yeah. start with your most recent memories get lost first and that goes deeper and deeper yeah, into yeah. those like, yeah. like hardcore learned as a child things. And then eventually nothing. Right. Right. And so that, that's a particularly devastating thing. And it goes through, it goes through phases and if you know the person, you can kind of understand those phases. But, you know, like uh, we cared for a woman here uh, who was a wonderful viola player. You know, she played in orchestras and, and all this. And, you know, towards the end, she had... That was my first experience with Alzheimer's. And she had a... Uh, you know, she just kind of became very quiet and very still. And, you know, she didn't, of course, play any instrument anymore or, or have anything to do with music or whatever. The, even, but in late stages, she, she would sometimes sit at the piano and just play, you know, one little note here or there. Uh, but you could tell, you know, she had been a very, very sweet woman, you know. And then other people, you could tell, you know, that a snit started along the line and they just, you yeah, know. It made me think of a negative feedback loop. One snit and then it just went all. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, that is funny. And, you know, that's almost one of those fate things. Like, you might be just fatefully become that that crabby person because that, that one fateful thing hit you at this perfect time where you just, one thing led to another. Yeah. It's it's funny. Um, uh, and I just saw one, one specific experience, my own grandma, where it was kind of interesting, like, because this probably exists a lot, too. Um, where you have these people, these authoritative, like very strong, you know, um, people. Uh, and so my grandma was one of those, you know, you don't cross my grandma. She's, she's very, very strict. And you, but I mean, for all the good reasons, you know, but still yeah. like you don't cross her, you know, I remember, um, <clears throat> one of my examples I always bring for, cause I spent, I spent a summer with her while she was still with it. You know, it was probably in her mid eighties. She's like right at the, the end, you know, of her like being in control, you know, um, she, she, I had had this arrangement where I would play tennis with this Alzheimer guy, like a 90 something year old man. It was fun. You know, he played pretty good tennis. He forgot the score after every score. I'd have to remind him every time. In his nineties, that's not so bad. It's not so bad. No, yeah, really? no, but but it was still as fun to play. Yeah. But we would meet at like you know dawn. We would meet at like five thirty in the morning. You know, and so one day he told me I'm going somewhere the next day. You know, and so I should have just like thought I shouldn't trust anything he tells me. So so I you know go I sleep in. I'm like oh I could sleep in past five thirty this morning. Yeah. You know. And uh, she, she like, you know, whips me out of bed and says, he's waiting there for you, you know, like, and, and you, you know, you can't sleep in past 530, you know, like, like, I just thought that was just a hilarious moment where, you know, I was sleeping in to six o'clock. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and also just dealing with an Alzheimer's guy, but she really didn't like, like she was really angry at me about that. Yeah. But that's just kind of the example. She was very, very very strict and very very uh, you know didn't didn't let up you know she she had no sense of humor about that at all and she was she she got what she wanted you know what i mean and and so when she 
started fading and first her ability to take care of herself, then her ability to remember things, but that she, she really didn't get full on dementia. She, she remembered a lot of things, but there was points where I've started to realize like, she just, it's almost like, um, what do you call it? Those mechanisms that they were able to kind of fake it, you know, mm-hmm. like they get, they, they, some old people kind of figure out their little fake, fake thing you mm-hmm. know they're like oh hey how are you oh, yeah, doing yeah. that's so good yeah. you know and so basically she turned into that a little bit but basically she faded into just a very sweet lady you know just oh, a very nice. you know nice and uh, so but but like but she, you didn't you, you recognize that sweet lady you never didn't recognize no i never i recognized her too she wasn't yeah. somebody but you know i still knew that there was like that, that thought in the mind but she just kind of well I can't do anything anymore. I gave up on that. Or slash, you know, like she just had a good attitude about it. Yeah. So, you know, that was kind of the way she she pulled through a lot in her day, and it made perfect sense that she was the way she was. But it was just kind of nice the fact that okay, finally her burden was left was gone, and she didn't turn into like the harder parts. She just like okay, you know, now I don't have to be the authority anymore, and I just became. A sweet old lady. <laughs> well, do you think it's possible she did that consciously? I don't know. I don't. I. I have I no mean, idea. I, I mean, but like you were talking about the one guy that was a teacher of yours. You know, like you. you I. You remember? Yeah. And uh, like he was probably. A, no, he's got real dementia. He, he's oh, got brain damage. Oh, oh yeah, 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 definitely. But but yeah. he um he was probably you know could could you know make your hairs rise, you know, in a room or something like that, oh, right? He was, was he, was yes, he yeah, one of those? Oh, yes. Yeah. And, very, and, very strong. Oh, same man. with, so, but, uh, but either way, they, it's just interesting to, to see what happens to that. Cause sometimes something like that, like they, they would, uh, you know, scared you to death in one time, but then they turn, you know, and a lot of people say, well, you should have seen them back in the day, oh, yeah. you know? And so that's another scenario where there's some people that were, very, you know, I mean, very nice people, but still, you know, you oh, didn't yeah. want to cross them, you know, they, and, and yet when you, when well, you get yeah, older, this, they become. He was very, very uh, funny thing. He, this man that I was talking about, he was very controlled. He was very controlled. Well, also that he, he was working with the Eightfold Path of Buddha. Oh, yeah. So that was, uh, that was a significant part of his, his life. And so he was very controlled. And uh, before that, he'd been a student of uh, Gurdjieff and Ospensky and the, this uh, Russian mystic guy and his student. And um, uh, so he, he was very, uh, you know, it, it was, his, his spiritual work was very important to him, his meditation and all that stuff. He was very controlled. He'd also been an executive at AT&T. Hmm. You know, I mean, he, he was a high-up executive at AT&T. I, I heard... Yeah, so he, 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 he was capable. This man, you know, one time we needed money, he, he went out and, you know, made a million dollars selling an art collection in, in about uh, a year and a half. You know, I mean, it was it was an amazing thing. It, this guy had incredible skills. Yeah, and, yeah, I, I, yeah, I heard he quickly rise to leadership. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and so, I mean, but just thinking about, you know, I mean, Obviously, it's not exactly the same. It's not like he. It's not like he eased in a in a saw. Like he obviously had some damage of a stroke or something. Probably. I think I my fantasy is that it was football injuries. <laughs> I but, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, because he was Enough he played at he played at a high level. You know, he yeah. he was quarterback for you know a top uh, ten yeah, uh, yeah, team. Yeah. He must have taken a lot of blows to the head. Yeah, exactly. So so, but but uh, but either way, I mean, there's even part of that. Even when they lose all their marbles in some way like like there's still a part of me that feels like like the veil was released in some way and it's just interesting to see that scenario as well mm-hmm. but but either way i think this is we've we've gotten about an hour in here and i i hope you enjoyed wow, your an si- hour. you know Jeez. the the joy the conversation but um this this is called i i don't know if you caught it finding the flow with joel uh, that's, um, did we find the flow, Joe? I, 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 I think the flow was found. I think the flow was overwhelming, you know, it, it, it came so quickly, but, but okay. either way, um, we, we, we could play one more. I was, I was thinking, I, I have this out kind of outro music. Uh huh. May I play a little lightly as, as we find our way out. Now we could always throw in something. 
but it's also eh, I, th I think it's about time to end yeah. but we had a great little musical number I thought that was great um, and we could definitely do more uh, but either way I you know I thank you again for this uh, studio it's it's um, like there's been this place is full of like um, almost dreams come true for me and uh, this is kind of part of the elements of it I mean I've, I've had an imagination of having something like this and it's just like all of a sudden BAM it's right, <laughs> handed in your lap you know I mean it's, it's like I, I, I get the chance to try it out you know what yeah. I mean without any risk you know I, I've been looking for someone uh, that I could offer it to yeah so uh, so you showed up it was perfect yeah 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 I, I mean this is amazing and, and so I, I thank you and and you know um, we're working on a project hopefully we can um, you know uh, keep you updated on that we, we might um, have a track to play you sometime um, that that and and hopefully we'll do more I mean uh, it looks like Sam has quite a repertoire of music he's written right I have yeah. some of my own I, I I think I've I've spent more time on the craft than I have on on the creativity for a while and I think it's about time that I get back to the creativity but but then again this whole this whole idea this whole thing is all about creativity so I don't know it, it, it gets out there one way or another so um it's been a pleasure uh and uh and uh we'll see you soon okay thank you <laughs>